0: This is Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations and I'm here with Lee from the band Pop Evil. How you doing, man?
1: Good, man. Thanks for having me. Taking the time. Love it.
0: I know that you got a ton of stuff going on. Um I mean, we have to mention it. You have a new album coming up next month. Right. Obviously, that's going to be amazing. You guys must be super excited about it cuz obviously over the last year things have been a little weird and no one's been able to really go anywhere and do anything as far as like traditional touring or playing or what have you so yeah i mean what how are you guys feeling right now about the album versatile coming out on may 21st
1: i mean we're stoked you know i mean uh, for all our understanding you know a release is just like anything normally you know any release day doesn't necessarily mean touring right away so i mean it feels kind of normal as far as the release the it was the only thing abnormal for the album was it was supposed to be out obviously way earlier we our intentions right. were to put it out last spring and you know followed up with a tour and things were supposed to go you know as planned unfortunately of course, this virus changed everything. So, right now, I mean, I think there's a lot of mixed emotions. Obviously, we're it feels weird to finally put something out, but at the same time, we're super excited that hopefully that means now that you know it's one step closer to being back to our uh, new normal, whatever that means, but being right. back to at least playing shows. And I don't think any band member would complain, even if we're playing in front of you know 10 to 15 people, we wouldn't care at this point. We just want to kind of take those baby steps to get back to playing, and then hopefully. Once that starts, that you know, we can get back to people being more comfortable, and then being back to playing packed shows and things like back to normal.
0: As far as being creative during this time, it was tough on some people because it kind of changed what they felt and how they looked at themselves because it changed their normal everyday routine. But also, too, some people said it made me be more creative than I ever have been before in my life. Uh, how did it affect you? I mean, you, you do a lot of the songwriting. So obviously, right. you know, h- how did that make you feel? Did you like feel like super trapped, like you couldn't do anything? Or were you just like, yeah, now I got time to actually get all this stuff out of my head?
1: No, I mean, it's a great question. I think it's totally opposite for Pop Evil. I mean, we've been touring, every band's different, right? And from a Pop Evil perspective, we've been touring 200 plus shows since when, when did we break? Oh, seven. You know what I mean? So, right. and, and then of course I was 10 years with Pop Evil before that. So, you know, I, right. uh, I haven't had a year without a show since I was like a baby, you know what I mean? I was probably in my teens, you know, when I hadn't played at least one or two shows a year. So, you know, I think for our band, it was a whole different mentality. I mean, we were obviously fortunate enough to have the album just finishing up? I think we had some, you know, I had some mixing and mastering to do with uh, producers and engineers. Before that, obviously, we wanted to play for the band, make sure they were all happy with that. Then we were getting into more of the visual aspects of, of the album, you know, make right. sure the artwork was the way we wanted. So we were able to do that from afar. But I think for the band personally we needed that rest. We needed this as much as we didn't necessarily want it at the beginning. It was important for us to rest our minds, bodies. Yeah, I know my ears for me personally and each <laughs> band member was probably different, but you know, my, my, my body was broken down. You know, I mean, I was going through some huge uh, spouts of vertigo before, before okay. the lockdown. Uh, I was extremely dizzy. Like I didn't even know how I was going to do that tour in May, last May, just cause I, I couldn't really, I had, I couldn't really stand up. I had to be laying down. So it was a rough year for me physically, but getting my health done, you know, ringing in the ears just constantly all the stand from the drum it's almost like my body felt like okay you're stopping then it's all caught up to me you know what i mean like everything caught up to me the whirlwind of all the travel all the all the all, all, all the physical um aspects that are with touring and again being in a rock band you have to tour so much you know there's no mtv or no tv exposure that breaks you overnight you literally have to put the years in and just play for as many people as you can so i think for a lot of us in the band in the project we really took that time to kind of just take a deep breath and go okay wow we, we we don't have to tour and obviously for the first two months of covid we were we were really like hoping that okay we'll be back by spring and we'll be back by right. summer you know
0: and then like it was going to restart yeah
1: correct correct so right around summertime we we were finally like okay this is going to be a whole year off and and once you got back the terror and the like shock that we're not going to make any money you know what i mean cuz that's the thing like with with rock bands nowadays like we're we're a band that we our touring monthly keeps the lights on. So the fact that we weren't right. going to tour was, was devastating, you know, we're like, okay. And, you know, for our band, our, our, a lot of the, the other band members had to get jobs. Like there, there wasn't no writing and creativity. Like they had to make money to live, you know? So we weren't able to write this. I mean, I'm sure we wrote individually. I did, but I did, I wasn't stressed about it, you know, because every time you go back right. in the studio, everything you write usually goes out the window and you write new stuff anyways, you know? So yeah, I'm writing and I, I mean, I have, I have just, you know reels and reels of tapes with with hundreds of songs on it if i want to go backwards and and look for songs but i'm I'm usually like where my head's at moving forward and i know if we get ready to write uh when when it's official that we're writing a new record is when i like to kind of okay cool let me just see what comes out naturally obviously i'm sure we'll have a lot to say once once COVID is kind of kind of lightened up. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I was in any t- uh, right frame of mind to write during COVID just because we were, uh, it was just nerve-wracking, you know? No one, none of us had been through something like that before. So there were so many more bigger issues than playing in a band, you know, really, to be honest, that we were thinking about. I was thinking about, you know, my family, my friends, my my, my loved ones who were older with, with underlying health conditions. I mean, I could care less about being in the band at that point, you know? So right. once that kind of subsided, it was like, you know, band members had to get jobs, you know, and, and, and uh, full-time for me is Pop people. Otherwise, if I'd take a job, it's over you know what i mean i was trying to you know clean up the fort make sure it's all dialed in obviously i got to do all the press and all the speaking for the band i mean i'm, I'm that guy in this project so you know the but in the right. meantime all the other band members haley are drummers in the uk so she was doing what she could to work over there and make money uh, obviously dealing with COVID in another country for her i know the rest of us guys you know uh, in michigan you know trying to deal with that and michigan was one of the hardest states hit so these guys were trying right. to take care of their families make any kind of extra money and what i think it did in the long run was i think it, it, it really kind of instilled a confidence. Like when uh, lately when I've been talking to the band members, there's such a like respect that I think we all have for each other differently now that like, it's, I don't think anyone's afraid now to come home if we have months off. Like everyone right. knows now they can go to that mom and pop store and work for a few weeks and then go back on the bus. Right. So I think before that it was, it was terrifying. It was like, okay, well, if I, if we don't play a show, we're, we're screwed. Like, what are we going to do? So I think it built a, I, I'm hoping that it's built a lot of confidence with at least our band members to be like, okay, look, if, if we don't play for a few months, then that's fine. You know, we, we got, we can take care of ourselves now we're here and then we don't need to oversaturate the markets for pop evil. So, I mean, I know that's something we had talked about for years in the early days. Like how do we not play so much when, that's all we know just from not not only from a saturate the market perspective, but from a health perspective, like we we got, got to save our ears, we got to save our time if we want to do this for the long run and, you know, play like some of our idols that we've toured with over the past. Judas Breeze. Uh, we just right. most recently Cheap Trick and Poison. Like, how do you keep that longevity and sound good throughout your career? So that was something that as we've seen with some of those mentors and, you know, those those bands have always acted like big brothers for us. And I know they've preached to it like if you because that's some of the questions when I, I remember talking to Rob Halford or or, or, or right. Brett Michael like how do you guys keep the voice ready and and, well they're like we don't party we don't drink we make sure we keep healthy and we stay with the regime that we try to do both on and off the tour bus so i never really understood that when i was young because it was just like i don't care about that like i just want to rage like these people want to throw down i'm ready to go like i'm only wearing i'm only wearing one in-ear monitor or i'm not wearing any in-ear monitors i'm just going to go with the floor monitors and in the meantime you're just breaking down those ears you know i mean i remember my first reality check you know my ear i think i hit the ear doctor right around covid and they're like well lee you know you got the ears of a six-year Old man, I'm like, what yeah. did you say? And they're yeah. like, your ears are, are 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 going, you know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I I hear fine, you know. Like, and they're like, well course your body's used to it so again it was kind of a shock you know to be like okay look I-, I need to take this covid and try to take a positive out of this and just make sure my health's ready to go so when we get back on that bus, my mind and my body are right and ready for this push that you know to try to make up and, and there's probably going to be a lot of that from a lot of bands you're, you're yeah. going to have that kind of okay we need to make up for that lost year and maybe that comes out with an abundance of energy maybe comes with with and sometimes that high energy you can throw your voice out you know you're just and, and i think those first couple shows are probably going to be emotional for me to hear again the crowd sing in your songs and and another dynamic is now we have i mean this is our i think by the time we get to the next single which would be technically our third single wow. uh we will that means we've released a couple of, uh gratis tracks that means we'll have four to five songs that have been released so and and some of these radio hits have been hits for us so you know you're going to have fans come sing these songs right the first ready. time you play them the first time we play them they're going to be singing them word for word so that's a little weird you know and, yeah, they're and, and that ready might for you they're going to be ready for exactly, you know, and I think that's going to lead to some emotions just naturally. I mean, we're people, right? We're, we're we've all dealt with our struggles through this past year and in, in, in our own unique way. That I mean, for me personally, up on stage here and those fans, like that's always been my security blanket. That's been all right. I've known since I was fifteen. So to, to hear it again and to, to to almost feel like you've lost it for a year you know it, it's 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 going to be real emotional for me and i think the band uh, to, to experience that and uh, probably for a lot of bands so i'm definitely yeah. looking forward but 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 not at the same time like i don't want to be all emotional <laughs> on stage with that but but you know it, it's it's just like the scene and I, I know the fans will definitely uh, understand whatever whatever it is that you're just natural and organic whatever we however yeah. that experience is on stage but uh, it's just a lot it's overwhelming to think about
0: it's so ironic because you know you see a lot of bands and i know you you're out like you said you're out there you know, almost every day of the year on the road traveling, good percentage of the time, you're in a tour bus. Right. And I've had pleasure to be on a tour bus on the road like that. You're not sleeping well, you're not eating well. Uh, finding a place to get a good shower is like a luxury for most people. Um, so yeah, there's there's things that go along with riding on a tour bus that some people would consider it's prison-like. And it's yep. funny now because like, everybody wants to go back in. It's like somebody got Paroled from prison, yeah, and now wants exactly, to go yes.
1: back. Yes, and I think one thing I want to say to you about the tour bus that I don't think a lot of artists really explain well is the interesting thing for me is when you sleep on a tour bus, your body is always tight because maybe oh, you're- yeah driver's hitting rumble strips and he's doing and so you're sleeping like you don't even realize your body's just tight just because it's all it might be hearing it just naturally inside so when you sleep in your when you go back home you sleep in your own bed yeah exactly when you sleep in your own bed your body almost melts into the sheets and your pillows like you get you get almost such a good sleep that you almost feel worse the next day because your muscles are feeling this relaxation that they haven't felt in, in in months if you're on tour so i've always thought but that's a great analogy it is a lot like prison and you hate to you hate to complain about it because having a tour bus is is a luxury. A luxury. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you complain about it, you're like, are you serious? How else would you travel? And and it it, it, it is. And it is it's very much like a prison to get back to our prison. We all want that for sure. Yeah. You know, and
0: it just it's kind of weird for me because, you know, trying to wrap my head around it, too. And the thing about podcasting or doing radio, everybody's doing remote now. And, you know, we had the technology before. For me, most of my interviews were face to face, you know, backstage. On tour yeah. bus and the dressing room, something like that. So for me, it yeah. kind of it switched up my routine too, and how I look at things. So yeah, it is kind of ironic about how you know you spend all that time out there on the road, and you miss your family, and you miss your friends, and you want to get sleeping in your own bed, take you know a shower in your own shower, eat real food, and then all of a sudden they take it away from you, and you are like, oh, can I have that back, please? Yeah. Uh, okay. So you know, back to the the new album. You know, this is your sixth album, and you know, it seems to be the response from a lot of people is that you know you guys have definitely branched out a little bit. What do you think as far as how the album relates to the previous five uh, what do you think separates this album from them?
1: Well, uh, the technical and then the emotional. I mean, first of all, the emotional is this This one blows away any album for me. And, and I feel like a broken record saying that. But you always – the whole point of it is you always want to do better than what you've done in the
0: past. Right. Right? You
1: always want to out – that's the true legacy. I mean, yeah, you want to – of course, you want to blow up the charts and be better and win that battle with the competitiveness of your peers and other great bands, of course. you know. But at the same time, when we're all dead and gone and, and your legacy is left – you want your family, especially, to know that you, you progressed. You know that, that that legacy, like my dad, my grandpa, my my uncle, whatever it is. You know, he had a band and they grew and they got better and better. Whereas so many so many bands of our favorite artists, we, we we can I mean we don't need to name them, but we know you know what I'm talking about. You look about yeah. their first or second record and then that was it. You know, you think about your favorite band are so I really I love this band, but, you know, I really only liked the first and second album and then the rest. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, there's tons of that for me, I'm sure for you and, of course, people listening. So for me, it's always about trying to uh, do yourself, but still stay relevant, you know, and still stay, you know, always be studying about the new bands that are on the come up. Because, I mean, I'm a big sports guy and I've always referenced this all to sports, you know, and and to me, it's always like, you know, like, for example, the big debate between Jordan, Kobe and LeBron, you know, so it's like interesting how what Kobe said about Jordan, he's like, I always wanted to implement Jordan's game, but I wanted to take it to another level. And therefore Jordan and Jordan, they're close. So Jordan would always say, look, it's like, I I don't need to play anymore because I'm playing through Kobe. He gave him the tips and Kobe's taking it to another another dimension. Right. So I take that as far as the youth, you know, you see about what your kids are, or or what, or what your grandkids or what your, or what your nieces and nephews, depending on who you are, you see what that young Audiences liking, and, and I've, I've, I guess I've taken more of a hunger for that because you know rock isn't secular anymore. It's not the popular thing. Hence why I named the band right. Pop Evil because pop was abandoning uh, rock and metal, and it pissed me off. So it was like Pop's evil to me. Two, <laughs> two of the most shitty words on the planet I put as my name, and and it's kind of hurt me in ways. But that was my motivation that got me up in the morning, knowing that when I saw my band name, it pissed me off and motivated me to remember that popular music should remember that how we got here. And I'm from the Midwest, and how we got here in the Midwest was you know, having that dream to be a little reckless, get right. some guitars down at your buddy's or, or your uncle's house and then go back to your mom and dad's place and shut the garage door and crank that thing till 11 and try to break windows with that with your music. You know, so that was always my mentality. That's how I grew up. So trying to share that vibe with with the young people, how do they do that? You know, for example, uh, when you think about young what was reckless when we were growing up it was the guitar tones the drum tones from like a band like guns and roses right we will just use right. them as everyone loves so use them as one everyone can relate okay well nowadays if you hear guns and roses and that reckless guitar tone and that drum sound well that's mom and dad's music right so that's not what the young people yeah. relate to for their speaking like speaking the language so how do you manipulate the drums with real drums whether it's synthetic or samples to make that drum tone fresh but still respect you know what what your what your elders and peers have done before, but still give it a flip and a fresh spin to make sure that it adds another dimension to what you exactly. build on it and any drum tone is how you build your house you know and that's my biggest thing about technically why this album is better you know like we were we get better and better as studio musicians as it goes on you know and i think that people forget like uh, right around my generation of bands which when we came in a lot of bands that were in at that time are no longer there you know i mean I, I, you can do the research on who is there now and who's kind of not
0: but flash but in the pan
1: kind of flash posted. in the pan right so so a big thing of what we wanted to do was uh, and we we were we were new right i mean the band the The label didn't give you that million dollar budget to go in the studio for a year and and figure it out. It was basically, hey – uh, label's giving you money for twelve songs. If you get right twelve songs and they don't fit, guess what? They're going on your album anyways. And so right. a lot of times on those early records, we were finding out who we were. And then in the process of again, like sports, it's not like we made a bazillion dollars on our first record where everyone was able to you, kind of do this now for the rest of your life. We could take four months off and you know play arenas for the next couple of years and relax. Like that's not how it worked. It was always a grind. So when it's always a grind and you're playing two hundred shows a year, other band members decide that this isn't really what they want you know what i mean or things change life changes and really the strong survive the people that are a bit of the what's the right term without it's not not an easy life it's not an easy life right so the people that really want this and and are a bit abnormal to normal society uh, survive it you know and the people that don't really fit in the real world or the nine to five you know that that, 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 those are people like me this is this is home it's like those people that want to live in that tour bus jail (laughs) Those kind of people uh, start to survive it and realize that that's really – me you know and you find your identity in somehow in the five albums that like this is me and and this is her, but this is still i want to search it's still room to grow and you know you manipulate those drum tones you manipulate those guitar tones you figure out that like for example we had a producer my biggest thing about this record and i'll try to give you the short version because i don't want to talk your ear off about it but my big I thing with this for you. okay perfect then i'll give you i'll, I'll give because a little in depth but if you really want to understand where my head's at for this record and and, and educated the band on it like the band uh, you know, my band doesn't write lyrics, so you know they're they're up to me to write concepts. They write amazing music if need be, and we kind of know our roles, right? Like uh, roles develop, exactly. and if they want to write lyrics, they know they can. It's always open. You know, if if one of the guys come in or girls with Haley, if they come up with this great idea for a lyric or song or a concept, they know they're more than welcome. I mean, if they don't want to do it and they want to go home and, you know, fly kites, they can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I love about bit, the business aspect. It's, it's there for you to take it if you want it. But if you want to rest because we play 200 shows a year, go rest. There's nobody judging. There's nobody mad. There's nobody. And now the older we get to get on the more albums together, everyone understands that. Like we, we try to reward members for working harder. You know, what I mean, if someone wants to go grind it, awesome. Yeah. You just tell me when you need me or blah blah blah. blah. And this record was great. And obviously they kind of wait for me to. I usually go out without them right away. See what comes about. I go with a lot of my writer guys. You know, and I like to be in Los Angeles just because I'm from Michigan. So L. A. is so not <laughs> Michigan. So it's just kind of a nice like. It feels like a paradise. When I was growing up, I mean, I always dreamed about being out there. So it's kind of like a reminder to me to hey, it's time to work out here. Cause there's a lot of people successful and and you're just a small peanut out here. So let's get out here and grind. So it, it, it's different than like, if I'm in Michigan, I want to go back to my bed and chill. You know what I mean? I want to relax. I want to, you know, play some basketball or do something not music related because it's my rest time is normally Michigan now, you know, so out there, my biggest thing that I felt like where there's a disconnect with writing is the demos. So a lot of times you go write demos I'll go back and play him for you. I'll be like, yo, Sean, what do you think of this demo? you would be like, oh, that shit's fucking fire. That's awesome, dude. And I'll be like, cool. Yeah, great. I like that one too. Then we'll go get a producer, and then now I'll we'll have to go recreate that. Yeah, And they that's totally where it sucks. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, hey, Sean, best one. Remember, you like this one that's on your single. And you're like, eh, yeah, I don't like it as much. I like the demo better. So I've learned my lesson, number one. I never play for fr- anything for friends. Well, I might play it for you, but I never give any right. copies. You're not allowed to have right, it, right, it right, it is for number one. But what I learned by that is there's a lot of things on the demos that you just can't recreate. Like when I go in, it's fresh. And let's say you and me were going to write a song today and we get that virgin idea. Like next thing you know, you put me in the vocal booth and I sing. There's an energy that just can't be recreated because I never knew that song existed in this moment so you know when i go recreate it i might not like it as much i might not be feeling it i might be thinking about another brand new song that i haven't written yet let's let's go so what i try to do and convince the label and the managers obviously the band had already understood what i was talking about they were on board so i was like well let me go and we're not going to have one producer on this record we'll just wherever the concept is born whether it's guitar riff vocal riff that's where we're going to record the song so whatever we get that's fire about that demo we are going to keep so a lot of these songs breathe again which is our big hit at the moment like the first take vocal i mean uh, chorus wise a lot and and the first step of these demo process was the choruses we are very much i am very much a hook chorus guy like if my family and friends don't sing it after one listen, it wasn't making this record. I didn't care. It's not – I wanted every song to be a hit. That doesn't mean everyone's okay. going to be a radio hit, but I wanted every song to be – we left no filler. That was like our theme. I don't care. If I can't write any more hits, next album, then I deserve to go away. You know, No big deal. I got <laughs> I got a real estate license. I can make some other money. It's all good to me. Like no, Fair nobody up, likes yeah. me. Next album, good to go. So that was kind of the pressure. It was like, no, no. All, all leave your legacy on this record, all 10 songs. Like let your family and friends be able to play track one to track 12. And at least be singing along. You know, that doesn't mean, of course, you're going to like songs better than others. It's just life, you know, and I get that. But at least for me, I wanted to take you on peaks and valleys. Now, I don't want every song to be the same. I've always wanted to be uh, um, our, our albums to be like our live show, peaks and valley moments. You know, mix, life's, mix yeah. Life's, yeah, life is full of different emotions, right? We want to take you on that roller coaster that, you know, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully you feel emotions that you didn't even know you were dealing with at the moment. But when you're done with our show, you're like, man. I, that was awesome. I feel better about myself. I want to go back and listen more about people. You know, and and if we did it right with our live show, then 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 you'll go back and listen to those albums and, and you're moved and hopefully in a positive way. I mean, if you you have to be able to figure out why you're doing this, you have to, at least for me in life, I have to figure out what my and you should be able to tell you what's 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 the purpose of the, your record? What's the purpose of your writing and music? And, and if I can't tell you that, then I really don't know where my I don't know what I'm trying to do that I don't I don't have any direction, you know, and that that direction has always been trying to bring a positive um, component to people's lives. You know, and you think about, you know, as you get older and what you're going to do, and I don't have to play in front of millions. I don't have to affect millions anymore. I just want to affect that one person every night to try to get them to go. Wow, you know, I can do better. I can, I, whether maybe it maybe starts with themselves, you know, like you look about a lot of those hits we've had, Waking Lions, Footsteps, they're all about starting with your inner fire, you know, and just like, hey man, one step, the Footsteps was all about one step at a time. I've been hearing since I was a kid. I used to hate that fucking saying. One step at a time. <laughs> yeah, I know, but how am I going to get a record? How am I going to get signed? How am I going to get to the world? One step at a time. Fuck that shit. And then next thing you know, that always would frustrate me. So I was thinking about that, writing Footsteps, I was like, you know what? i'll take these footsteps i guess one thing at a time and go higher just every step you know and and that song was kind of like motivation for myself you know and then the more i would see people singing it that of course became a, probably arguably our biggest song you know smash it every night everyone's singing it back and forth people color ethnicity different uh, gender uh, different age brackets kids like everyone coming there holding hands with their horns up that's what i call holding hands and rock when your yeah. horns up. we're all holding hands right so when you when you see those moments it's just it's just it reiterates the fact in me uh, with my purposes uh, in some ways we're all uh, us rock and metal singers we're all hall, hall, hallmark card writers is what we are right? we write those <laughs> with sounds of the music to to help people who can't put their feelings in words to help them be I feel like that guy. I know what he's going through. And then, in, in the 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 weird tr- twist about it all is is the more we see our fans uh, connect to our songs, it's a reminder to us. It's like, yeah, 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 I'm not alone either. They feel like me too. You know what I exactly. mean? And it gives you more fire to go back and write that next one. And you know, breathe again is definitely that one for me on every. There's always one on every record. Breathe again is that one at the moment for me now. Where you, you I don't even really realize it's our song or me singing it. I just. I, I need that song right now in my life. You know, I need that melody. I need that, those, those, those words, you know, and sometimes your own songs, not, not, not always for me, cause I'm always trying to write for other people now, you know, and I, I, am very private. I doesn't, I I try to be more probably, um, just, 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 just more private about my inner feelings. But, you know, every now and <laughs> then in these songs, yeah, every now and then these songs, they come out, you know, and there's probably a little piece of me in it, all 12 of them. But, um, you know, I try not to make it as obvious and where, where, where it might, connect with me you know so it's interesting so
0: I I love your I love your analogy of it because you know for myself me as a a much younger person when I went to college I had an art teacher once that told me he said to create true art you have to suffer and I kind of thought about that for a second I was like okay what does that mean does that mean that Mm -hmm. I you know I have to, like, you know, hurt my hand or, you know, I have to be homeless or what what, what does it mean? And he said, well, it's actually more of a a conceptual state. He said, think about you know all these thoughts all these feelings all these emotions inside of you that maybe your normal life uh, society whatever prohibits you from actually expressing these letting these go and he said your art is that letting them go so you know you know you try to be more private and try to keep your emotions a little more subdued from the outside world but when you write these songs man that that stuff just comes out, and it has to. Has no 100%. other place to go.
1: No, and you're right. And 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 if it doesn't come out, or if you personally don't think it comes out as a singer, when when you're writing it, certainly comes out even tenfold when you're on stage performing it. You know, oh, I mean, sometimes yeah. you know, yeah, if you are exactly. if you cage a little bit, or you don't make it obvious on the record, or maybe that fan's like, well, is that about Lee? Is he going through that? Uh, is he, and next thing you know, you see me on stage, and then you can definitely tell, like, wow,
0: right? He right. feels
1: that, like he, he feels physicality
0: that, you know. makes it right. No, at that point, yeah. And
1: that's a big thing from the writing aspect of. I mean, from the live performance aspect is we want our fans to really see with their own eyes that we believe in the stuff that we write, you know, and that's that's kind of gets back to what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm glad that you brought up Breathe Again because I have questions, especially yeah, about right. the video. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. Obviously, and, and I know that there's been a ton of people that have been talking about this aspect of the video, the Rubik's Cube. Now, yeah. for me, as an 80s kid, me being in high school in the 80s, uh mm-hmm. I immediately perked up just seeing that aspect. I mean, obviously, the song had me enthralled, but... Seeing the, the Rubik's Cube and thinking about the lyrics about how it's going on, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it, and it actually made me kind of do research on the guy who developed the Rubik's Cube. I love
1: that. I
0: love and that. And about the guy that actually you know uh, wanted to make this puzzle, but had you know skills and, and experience in engineering and so on and so forth. And you know this is like supposedly the world's greatest puzzle of all time, and it, there's so much complexity to it and so on and so forth. So I'm like I'm sitting there and, and and obviously i'm thinking about okay well what does this rubik's cube mean to this story the song fill me in please uh, it's a very
1: very cool story first of all i'm very i'm very honored that you 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 can appreciate the rubik's cube because yeah. if you're if you're too young you might not well let's let's be real i mean the rubik's cubes affected generations and generations you know right. so i mean but but some especially for the 80s generation or, or right. the, not even the early 90s i mean when we were all kind of kids that was it was interesting for me so there's a bit of a backstory which is pretty interesting i can't take total yeah. credit for the music video so you it's a cool story so okay i think right around before covid uh, probably that year maybe 2019 you know i i, I I start, you know, I start thinking different things on the tour bus. For example, I was going to have we I collect a lot of stuff, uh, jerseys, uh, the, the, the basketball cards, sports cards. You know, what I mean, like right. stuff like that, just to just to have something to do sometimes on the bus. When you live that kind of nomad lifestyle, you know, uh, sometimes these weird collectible things or weird things. Uh, like for example, uh, I think in 2019, our, my, one of my big goals was like, okay, I'm going to every single ball, ballpark. I've been to all these cities. How many damn times? I love like, that. And they're boring as shit. Like, let's go to a fucking ballpark. And how cool is that to say in your lifetime? Because first it was just like, I want to go to every state. You know, then I want to play every state. And I think we've played every state, but Hawaii now. But I've been to, I've been to Hawaii a couple of times. So I've been to every state. So that's, you start thinking about those life goals, right? Like you've, you've accomplished so many cool things. You know, you've bra- you can't possibly, I could be a grandpa. I have more than enough cool stories to be the coolest grandpa ever. You know, I mean, if that day <laughs> ever comes, you know, I can tell stories for days. I'll be the weird grandpa like, come here, come over your grandpa, gonna tell you a story. Here. Let me tell you about the time. You know, there'll be all oh, the kids will be like, oh, my God, I don't I want to go grandpa's to grandpa's house I anymore. Think, yeah, exactly. I think, I
0: think something's wrong with grandpa. right? Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Telling these he stories, there's these, no way this he, stuff happened.
1: <laughs> he's reliving this past. Exactly. You know, And then uh, so I remember, uh, you know, right around that same time we were like, you know what, back when I was a kid. I would just the only way I could solve a Rubik's cube was to take the stickers off. Right, And you know, I'm sure you remember the same time we take the stickers off. You're like, ah, but then would be. You could out.
0: pry the cubes out.
1: There you go. Oh yeah, you could pry the cubes out exactly yeah. right. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is bullcrap. I have to be able to in my lifetime say I can do the Rubik's cube. It's just it's got to be like just as cool as being able to play the guitar, right? Like if you can play the guitar I and someone at, and someone who can't play the guitar and you go, yeah, I can play the guitar, they're like, you can. And then, of course, you jam the guitar. People are people are mind blown when you you could be the shittiest guitar player. But if you can play GC and D, you wow heads, you turn heads, you know, you turn heads like, oh, my God. And you can actually sing, too. That's insane. You know, cover up one of your favorite songs on the radio. And next thing you know, you're the hit of the party. Right. So I was like, what about the Rubik's Cube? I got to be able to say before I die, I can do the Rubik's Cube. So I challenged everyone on the bus. I bought everyone Rubik's Cubes. I was like, it was the start of the tour and I do, I'm I'm the leader. So, you know, I try to do fun activities for them. You know, I bought everyone jerseys with their names on them. Like every Sunday we're going to all pick your team, pick your team. And we're all. Well, you don't have to watch the whole game, but we're all going to wear our jerseys on Sunday on the tour bus. Just to make it more family vibe, right? And make it fun. You know, everyone's going right. you know, to do the Easter egg hunt on Sunday on Easter. And you still do it in your, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s. And you don't care because you've been doing it since you were a kid, you know. So I'm like that guy. Like, hey, we're all going to wear jerseys and we're all going to solve this Rubik's Cube by the, end of the, by the end of this tour. I think it was a long summer tour. So we have two months to learn how who's going to do it. So the rest of the band kind of fizzled. But Matt and I, our bass player, started, we crushed it. We crushed it you know we had it figured out and so
0: i can see matt doing it too he,
1: he's good too he's good too him and i are, are real good at it and uh so you know we were mastering it and then of course we do it for fans stuff they'd be blown away like you guys can do the ruby Cube. like yeah dude check this out we're trying to show them the secrets <laughs> how to do it you know and so word got around to our team and crew and our art division and everyone's like yeah lee and matt do the fucking cue like we we, we got it we got something for them so i think i was writing the script for the for the music video and johan we went back to johan carlin who had did the uh he had did the um uh the onyx trilogy Right. Oh, he did the footsteps uh, he did the footsteps um uh music video too and we went uh, i think an album or two without him for a minute just to mix it up try something different and covid hit and we knew we couldn't travel so we needed to do something special with a guy who knew us already and knew kind of the band flow and we like johan would you be available and he's like right, yeah i'm down so we're really excited to get back with him and i had written the script that i wanted kind of for breathe again very very similar maybe to his but then they'd surprised me He had thought, he had seen what we were doing. He's like, I got an idea. I want to to run by you. And I'm like, okay, run it. And he had the Rubik's Cube twist to it. And I'm like, get out of here. He goes, you guys have been doing this Rubik's Cube. I've been watching it and hearing about it. How about we do something like this? And I'm like, dude. That's why I love my team. You know, you guys are thinking for us when we can't, you know, and he's like, I got this awesome idea with the Ruby's Cube. And and to be honest, he's just telling us about it. I had no idea. At this point, I'm a little nervous, too. I'm like, well, I hope it's not cheesy. You know, I hope you can get it dialed in because, again, it's You do not want it to seem like a cartoon. Well, right. We didn't want we had just released that cartoon for work because we it right. was, that was in the that was in the height of COVID. Right. So there's no way we could get the band together. So this one, we knew we wanted to get the band. We, we knew we could get the band together for the Breathe Again video, but we couldn't get Haley over. And so, right. you know, obviously, Haley is a big part of our band and she's she's like a brother sister to us. So without Haley, it just doesn't mean as much. So we she was great. And Johan's in Sweden. So we literally green screened and Johan was via uh, FaceTime. Um, we shot it in Michigan, you know, so the band could be kind of close to, close together, you know. So it was just so many variables to get it to work. I, I, I was just shocked we pulled it off. And then, of course, when he put all the uh, the effects in it and dialed it in. And, uh, I mean, I know the first take. It was such a great team effort. You know, I know the first take, he submitted it, and I'm like, nope. I love it, <laughs> but I don't like the stuff on the band. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, I want some crazy effects on the band. And then literally his first take comes back, and he he kind of had us where we all kind of were like the Matrix and kind of – you know we um, kind of being blown we were, apart yeah pixel. we were blown, being yeah. blown apart pixely and it just reminded me of a video game and i was like after the first thing i was like bro that is why you are the man that's insane so you know it just was so fun and it was kind of piecing together but as far as the rubik's cube yes. that was there from the beginning and we knew but again i didn't know how he was going to do it you know, i mean he shot it with the actors in sweden with green screen so i'm like i, I hope it's cool but i love it you know and yes. of course we see the final takes and then we're blown away just crushed it's, it so it was just amazing. awesome
0: yeah. It's amazing because you know, and it's it's funny you bring up about you know you wanted you know the band members to have a little more effect on them. You know what it reminded sure. me of? It reminded me of the movie Tron. i, was, I
1: was just I almost said that. I almost said it. That's what it reminded me of. For
0: sure. Because in the in the movie Tron, that's what happened to them when they when they hit the wall or whatever on those they would on pixelate bikes, and die, they would yeah. blow up into these pixels or whatever. So yes, yeah, you know yes. what? Props to him. Props to you guys, man. I think it's a great video. I appreciate uh, that. It definitely. And it brought me into different places of my memory that oh, I, I had that. forgotten about for a while. So,
1: so cool to hear, you know, because making videos sometimes, and during, especially during COVID, is, is very challenging. And, of course. And just videos in general. I mean, I normally people are always like, oh, you have the best videos. I love them. I'm like, I hate doing videos. Yeah. There's just always so so much pressure because you know they're going to live forever. You know what I mean? So you want not perfect. Forever, and, yes. yeah, it really does, you know. So I love hearing that.
0: I it's did great. have one last question for Absolutely.
1: you. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um,
0: and that's funny, too, because, you know, you talk about uh, one of your previous songs earlier in the conversation. You guys going to do any more um, soundtracks for truck commercials?
1: Oh, you know, I'd love to, man. They pay good <laughs> for sure. I'd love to, you know, but uh, but uh um you know it's hard. I mean, I think for again, rock and metal is not really pop yet, and and to get truck right. commercials, it's it's that's a pop look. You know, what I mean, that's a mainstream look. So you know, it just obviously we're trying. I mean, I know we just some huge stuff came in. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you yet, but some huge stuff came in with us, some big commercials online for mm-hmm. uh, be legendary still. So a lot of our back catalog, I think people are. I think as 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 the years go on too, uh, this is stuff is circular, right? Like it comes back around. And I think, you know, the cool thing that a lot of our songs and especially older catalog as well have in common is there's a lot of publishing opportunities that just really connect with, with, with brands. Cause I'm always thinking about that. brands. You know, I'm always thinking about brands when I write, you know, it's just the kind of guy, I am. you know, in a very, very sports mind, always about, you know, us in the world or me, me versus you or me, me versus the world. There's a lot of those reference that are very relatable to what we're going through. Right. I feel like, you know, we come from this, Amazing country that prides itself in freedom of speech, but somehow, in a weird way, people that people's voices that are rock and metal seem to matter a little bit less, and, and that sucks. So, <laughs> kinda as a I- cru- kind of
0: ironic, isn't it?
1: It really is, you know. And, and I think with that pop evil and as cheesy it may sound, we become like crusaders for rock, right? Like I uh, again, one person at a time. Like, how about yeah. we come together, right? You think about that country and that rap community, like they, they would always be collabing. They would come together. They would stay till the last person take autographs and pictures. They would go hang out with them where right. rap was a little bit too cool for school, right? Like they were almost on the stage. Like some, I, I think back at a lot of the shows I went in the eighties and nineties, I always felt like I wasn't, they were on an Island and I was hopefully one day lucky to get on that same Island as them. But I never, right. you know, they, they, they'd show up and they'd be in their tour bus and we'd be like waiting for an autograph. They never come out. You know, I mean, they never would give you any more than what it was, you know, the show. And and that, and that not all, certainly not all of the bands, but, you know, all the elite ones that I wanted to meet and wanted to, like, have that moment with, I never got to see them.
0: Didn't but, have the time. You
1: know, I mean, didn't have the time for me, you know, but they had no problems taking my money. And, you know, and, and then a lot of times, too, they, they would dress a certain way on stage and then they would be totally different off stage. And then in the meantime, country was rocking their cowboy hat and their dumb dirty old t-shirt and cowboy boots and they made that cool they made that pop in mainstream obviously we know what hip-hop did speaks for itself (laughs) you know so i mean i i think that as a as a genre if we can stop the competition between each other in a way right and and you know what i mean by that is more rock and metal which is why we constantly try to fuse rock and metal in our albums and in our in our we are very much an infusion and 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 a lot of times obviously you can hear the alt influence we try our best to infuse all all those genres of rock and metal and all where actually people use instruments and they play, you know, what I mean, rather than, you know, Imagine that. The, well, you know, it's important. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important for that younger generation to know that. OK, that's cool. You can push buttons. DJ life is very awesome. I'm sure in its own way. There's but a skill but to it. There's, there's a skill, but but there's something old school and cool about being able to play an instrument man like and and you know we try to remind people every chance we can and, and and at least on our albums to just find those little cool niches to to remind people that rock and roll is alive and well and you know we're trying to be one of the bands to to do something about it and and that's just it right it's got to. it's going to take a lot more pop evils to do that but you know if we can just be one of those bands that are trying to do something positive to remind that secular world that you know hey we're here too motherfucker like let's go like, why do you got it? Just because you listen to that Maroon 5 record or whatever it is, why can't you listen to fucking Bob? Or just because you listen to friggin, you know, Lil Wayne, you can't. That same person doesn't want to listen to Breathe Again. Kid me? They do. They just have to get an opportunity to hear it. So we got to it. it can You can't blame radio. You can't blame the business hats that the powers that be. You have to just keep writing good songs, man. And just meh, let the fans meh. be the movement. Lee yeah, it,
0: is actually a crusader.
1: You know what? Trying to be, man. It's just it just totally different ballgame, man. I think of the kids. I think of kids in my family. Like, like that's what I'm, that matters to me, man. Like, I don't really care who, who likes me out there. But if I can get those people that are on board with me, that 1%, that's where I'm going to start. You know what I mean? And I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. Coming.
0: Lee, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, my, uh, pleasure. my I, pleasure. I know you're you're like me. You got seventeen different things going on all the same sure, time. For so, sure, for uh, sure. It was good to chat, man. It has been way too long. Absolutely, and, uh, we'll
1: hope to do in person here when the when uh, when, the, when hopefully when we're up and rolling and the and the album's moving. So
0: well, uh, that'd be great definitely, I will I will definitely reach out because it would be great to sit down and um, since you do all the jerseys and stuff, big into basketball, I'll bring my um, my Sean Kemp rookie card that I oh, I found my God, in a I box. Love it. In other day I love you know, it and I don't you know whether he's a popular player or not anymore he is, uh, he, is he is but he's definitely somebody from yesteryear by a long shot so well, it's
1: fu- it's funny you say too because it's almost like that collect- and I, I know we're I know we're leaving but it's, this is a super cool story you know because I remember my manager recently is like you're seriously going to all this card stuff and I'm like well what happened was is one of my storage units got flooded yeah. and I'm like oh my god like I know I got Michael Jordan rookies in there and, of course, with the sports boom, you're know, like, oh, they're a bazillion dollars, blah, 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 blah. Now, I didn't know at the point that you needed these cards graded and all this stuff and how it worked. That's right, it. Right. But I went and got everything, and, and he's like, you got all these rookies and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, dude, I literally had this when I was a kid. So having a Sean Kemp from when you were young, it, it doesn't even matter what it's worth. It's the fact yeah. that you still have it and it's a link to our childhood is so yeah. cool. You know, it's super you know,
0: cool. I had a whole bunch of those Bo Jackson, the ones where he's got the baseball bat on his shoulders and he's yeah, yeah, football yeah, ball pads and stuff like that. Back at the time, those were worth.
1: Heck yeah! Now,
0: is. now I think they're worth like fifty cents, but
1: whatever. Well, Bo- you know what I got to do when we do it? If you remind me in enough time, okay. I'm going to give you just so it's our thing. It's okay. Not like it's super crazy, but I'm going to I'm going to bring you that I had from my childhood, a Gary Payton rookie okay i'm gonna give to you to match it so it's all a right. team, right they got you all can't right. have camp without peyton rookie so you can just <laughs> put it away and like if you get it graded maybe it'll be worth you know maybe uh, in a couple of years a uh, 500 bucks if it's a ps10 or whatever or at least it'll be a cool story for your kids you if, know if, I mean? if like,
0: we had be. been smart back then when we got these cards and actually kept care of them the way we were supposed sure. to we'd all sure. be able to retire on some of these things now but <laughs> well what are you ta-
1: i'm trying to do that now I'm trying to cover on that
0: stuff. <laughs> lee I man no, thanks so mad. much i can't can't wait to get a you know chance to see you guys live on the stage again and uh when you do if it's any place i can get to i will reach out if it's not then when you guys come back up here to the northeast and the boston area what have you definitely reach out man and Absolutely. uh we'll get together
1: well you're super kind and I, i'm really glad i got to spend a time with you today and look forward to seeing it hopefully by, before the year's done
0: the liquid conversations podcast is brought to you by dirt bag clothing wear it till it stinks